are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a next exciting episode of the Citrep Podcast. We are one member short today. Our historical editor-in-chief, chief editor, whatever the official freaking title is that I made up that I cannot remember, is not here. We gave him an extended leave so he can do some romance with his woman. So, you know what that means, guys? It means we can make all kinds of historical shit up and we don't have to worry about him going over the edge. Outstanding. Oh, awesome. It'll be like pre-show then. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a supervisor. Yeah. You missed an excellent pre-show. I wish we were recording the pre-show. <laughs> it was spectacular. Gaz was throwing it left and right. We're swinging for the fences. It was outstanding. And, was and facts were not a consideration. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Is the issue with back. Oh, God. Exactly. Dog. All right. So, in the house today is our resident miniature painter, Mr. Gaz. How are you, sir? I think we're all miniature painters. Yeah, but you're the <laughs> but Bob I'm Ross. You're the man. I'm, I have not uh, got You're the, the good one, though. <laughs> I've really not got the hair for it. Um, maybe in my ass crack, but not on top. <laughs> That's a good way to raise the quality line of the show right from the start. And that's why this isn't on video. <laughs> oh, I thought it was as well. Oh, well Holy I'll, I'll moly, we're already two minutes into the show and he's already brought up ass cracks. All right. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. I can see it now. Oh. Yeah, when are, you, are we going to see a video from you there, my, my man? You know, we have uh, some quality uh, painting video. Uh, I I deploy on exercise in like two and a half weeks (laughs) for for nearly a month. (laughs) So not not anytime soon. That's all right. We've got lots of stuff going on. All right. Yeah. Uh, And then on this side of the uh, pond, as they like to say, is our computer guru, the man who talks to computers that talk to him back. Mr. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm good. I am good. Are you ready for springtime? It, it showed up yesterday about, uh, what, 11 o'clock? So uh, the question I have for you, Chris, is how would the hell would you know you never leave your house? Well, I can see it out my window. <laughs> <laughs> Are you jealous? No, because I'm getting my boat out of no. storage today and start cleaning her up. All right. Martin? How the hell Good are you? Day, y'all. Yes. Yes. I, I, too, am excited that spring seems to have arrived. However, yeah. in our neck of the woods, this could be a feint. I know. They're trying to lure us in. <laughs> and, and then the main assault happens with winter again. Exactly. Because I was just talking to Don this morning. We were outside <laughs> of the backyard. I was uh, practice flying my drone and looking around and go, Don, when do you want to get your water fountain going? Do you want to do it around April 1st? And she's like, no, because you know we're going to get another snowstorm before, the, you know, around then or after. So we'll see. 
We shall see. That's Illinois weather for you. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why we don't plant until the middle of May. <laughs> should we should we force Mother Nature's hand and have us all put our snowblowers away? Oh, I already put oh, mine no. away. No. I cleaned the no, gas my, and put it away. Mine's What's still right at the front of the garage. What's a snowblower? <laughs> it's a big ass machine that you run down your driveway and sidewalks to move the snow. So you don't have to shovel uh, it. We- we just stay in the house until it goes away and then go to work. We've got it. We we've got it done the right way. <laughs> uh, actually, the right way is not having to leave the house to go to work, uh, or or the way the gym does it, just live in a place that doesn't have it. Exactamundo. <laughs> Speaking oh, of, but the if gym, they do, if they do get snow, oh, hell froze over. Yep, literally. So speaking of Jim, like I said, Jim's not with us this week. Uh, he's uh, celebrating an anniversary with his lovely lady. So that means we are going to screw this whole show up historically. So hell yeah, <laughs> that's right. I've got no a list of supervision. I've got a historically correct films list ready to talk about right here, right now. Hey, is Patton at the top of the list? <laughs> Kelly's Heroes oh. is the top of the list. We're going to talk about how to increase the barrel length on a Sherman tank the right way. We're going to be doing all sorts. <laughs> all right, oh. then. Well, as we like to do in traditional format, let's do a quick catch-up with everybody. Uh, who would like to go first and tell us what you're doing hobby-wise? Anyone? I can go first. Go ahead, Chris. It's very simple. I haven't done anything. You haven't what? I haven't done anything. Surprise! Shocker. (laughs) Right? Did you you 3D print my stuff yet? No. (laughs) Crying out loud. You're home all day, dude. Are you going to identify the model you want and send it to me? Uh, It's already in the share drive. Pick the one that says Striker print. Repeat. <laughs> but I'm not giving you the path. This has striker on it. You created the damn drive there, Chris. You should know where it is. <laughs> and that's why we keep using Google Docs, right? Well, because some of us are retarded and we just find it easier. Okay. <laughs> and we only use Google Docs for the running order. We don't use it for anything else. Well, it's a good thing you finally figure out how to share it. I was going to say, I'm just glad I can edit it now and edit my stuff. <laughs> anyway, move hey, along. We're, we're supposed to be a professional team here, guys. Come on. Uh, yeah, we're professional, just not, you know, together. Great, yeah. All right. All right, let's take a moment. Recenter ourselves. Let's bring in the Brits. Because we'll the Brits that. usually the middle of the road, common sense, no nonsense, can do it all. Gaz, what you been up to in the hobby world? I was looking over my shoulder at that point. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> um, so I've uh, I've been making space. Um, making space. A number of unfinished projects. Oh my God. Like space. space. Made their way to eBay. Oh, uh, really? And funded um, my my future hobby. <laughs> oh. Um, so I've just been having a clear out, really. You know, you. I got to the stage. I think the other week we chatted about a bit of burnout and yeah. a bit of not willing to do certain things as in just not wanting to pick up a paintbrush, not finding the time, not making the time. So I've started with getting rid of some of the pile and seeing if that, that takes the edge off it a little. 
Uh, I found I found stuff I didn't know I had, which is always good as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought some bolt action a while ago, and I knew I had the infantry boxes. I hadn't realized I'd got the the metals, so mm-hmm. I've got some extra that I don't have to buy now. <laughs> uh, some MMG teams and the uh, sort of the, one of the mortar teams and the bike and sidecar with the MMG on as well. Um, so they were all pretty cool, and they were all things I thought I still needed to buy. So now that I know I bought them anyway, I, that's good. <laughs> awesome. So um, I take it you're doing uh, Wehrmacht? Uh, so German I'm guys? doing a 1939-1940 German force. Okay. Um, built around the Hitler's bazaars, really. Okay. Um, I uh, It's something I bought a while ago. Uh, it's, it's one of the more popular games in my community. Uh-huh. It's um, it's on par with uh, the likes of 40k, so which is you know surprises a lot of people. But yeah, my local club, Bolt Action and 40k are sort of level pegging, with players of both games yeah. playing well, um, both systems. To be you know fair, who wrote Bolt Action? Yeah, I mean, well, who wrote nearly all the games? Right, you know, it's Alessio <laughs> it's always, and Rick Priestley, It's nearly always right? the next GW staff member so, yeah, can do it a little better, yeah, isn't it's, it? it's uh, you know, authors from GW who moved on to Warlord, and they wrote Bolt Action. You know, you got Alessio, Cavatori, and Rick Priestley. So, you know, it has some flair of 40K-ish in it. So, you know, it's a very popular game. I enjoy it. I mean, I know it's not the most historically, I don't want to say accurate, but... You know, it's it's World War Two light. Is that a good way of putting it? Or fast play yeah. or something like that, you know? It doesn't get into the weeds a lot. So well yeah. it's good. So I don't think you need the rivet counting that you get in some versions yeah. of the games. My so, my kind of game. So don't let me ask me. you this, Gaz. Uh now that you've kinda had a purge, has it relight the relight, relit the fire? The hobby oh, it's made some space. Um <laughs> It's uh, a yes and no. Okay. Um, I'm trying to jump around projects at the minute. Um, still doing some 3D printing, getting getting more comfortable with the machine. Trying to build the second one to do some scenery, but print some scenery. That's I think that'll be when I get that finished. I think that'll be the thing that spurs me back on gotcha. to historical projects because I'll be printing out um, you know village centres and town centres. Uh, the roads, the lamps, the buildings. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I start seeing that, especially for 28 mil, then I'll be picking up bolt action. For 15 mil, I'll be picking up my flames of war. And I get my vaccine in two weeks. All right. So that's, I've been pretty rigid on the rules with, um, so I've not had uh, anybody over in the flat other than one boss at work since September last year. Mm-hmm. And I've not been to anybody else's house, so I've that I think that's part of why I gradually went down the slope sure. of not wanting to do hobby, and uh, well, and that and work just going crazy. Yeah. Um, but fingers crossed. Well, we're not going to get any less crazy, but hopefully, I'll be able to squeeze out some hours here and there to to put some some videos in the vault for those rainy days when we need them rather than trying to keep to a schedule at the moment which i just can't do sure no i understand all right very good marty yes hobby well so uh i've been working on my 28 millimeter uh afghan national police Uh uh-huh they're almost done 
uh, you know, I, I haven't been working real hard on them. And uh, well, I, my, I have some. my information is, is they don't work hard at all. So, I mean, I guess it's fair. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I also uh, started doing some of my uh, Afghan civilians. Okay. And I primed up. Uh, I have a bunch of uh, uh, shepherds for Afghan civilians. So I've got a, a whole herd of goats and sheep and I got a couple of donkeys and a cart and whatnot so so i primed that stuff up but i haven't painted anything there yet gotcha but but you know when i when i get a few minutes and the mood strikes me i come over and you know base coat some stuff or Mm -hmm. start detailing something whatever and just kind of keep whittling away at it awesome very cool All right. well uh for me i did a uh, live stream the other night um i did that uh memorial build for walt uh from impudent mortal terrain um we built his stone cabin um you know just a little hour long which looks nice by the way yeah yeah so i still have many more buildings to build uh they're in 28 millimeter scale um like i said you know i made the announcement when we hit the 500 500 on our youtube facebook um you know we'll have a nice prize pull to give away and one of those will be the giant bear lodge uh, it's a huge model, 28 millimeter scale. In, um, I don't know the exact dimensions, but it is huge. So you know, it's like it's a full tavern with upstairs rooms, you know, like a um, hotel, whatever you call it. And um, you know, you can play, you know, D and D, you know, having D and D encounter in there, or Frostgrave, or you know, Rangers of Shadow Deep, whatever. Um, so we'll be giving one of those away along with a Spectre starter set and a few other things. So. Um, also probably the special edition minis that Spectre had just released not too long ago. Cause I got two sets. So, uh, it'll be a nice price pool. Uh, so, you know, let, we're what 20, when I looked this morning on YouTube, we're like 23 away from hitting 500 and on Facebook, we're roughly 28 away, um, from hitting 500. So hopefully soon, very soon. That's some good growth. This yeah. Year. That's amazing growth. Um, so other than that, um, I got a special package in this week. Uh, I have not even opened it yet. <laughs> he said package. package. Uh, <laughs> so I got uh, a little um, box from Warlord. Um, and we will do an unboxing Ooh. video. So I know a lot of people out there have been doing them already, but we're going to put the sit reps twist on it. So... Other than that, you, as you guys may or may not have seen, uh, we revealed our new logo uh, for the channel, and uh, we have new merch. Uh, if you go to Zazzle, and I posted it on our Facebook page, you can now get the new T-shirts and sweatshirts, the hoodies. Uh, I have to create the coffee mug yet. Um, that was a request, so we'll get that created. Or, excuse me, tea mug. Do you call it a tea mug, Gaz, or a tea cup? What do you call it? Sorry, I'm just deleting news item five that you've just received. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. I need a brew. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't ha- No, It's just a mug. Okay. All right. So. It's, it's, well, isn't there know, a difference between a mug and a cup? Because like a teacup is like the little formal dainty like, things. Four ounce, yeah. six ounce. Teacup, yeah, right? uh, a teacup will chip a tooth and a mug should knock one out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
oh, when okay. thrown when thrown at correct angle. Sorry, I forgot to mention the last bit. <laughs> So, uh, volume, guys, yeah, volume is the difference. Uh, so be on the lookout for those. Um, also, I know I had somebody request um, a different T-shirt option because they found that the shirts on uh, Zazzle were a little pricey, and I agree because, you know, obviously we're doing it through a third-party supplier. It's not wholesale for us. So, you know, uh, we're looking at a different option to uh, have you direct order, and I'll ship out, and that should reduce the cost quite a bit. So uh, we're in the process of doing it. But in the meantime, they, they are available on Zazzle. Uh, other than that, go to Zazzle and buy it anyway. We do have to say kudos to the gentleman who is absent today. Yep. He delivered. He sure did. Yeah. 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 yeah Jim, Jim did the logo. Yeah. Nice. I love it. That's awesome. You were always all going to love it, weren't you? As soon as the, well, as soon as he chose what he chose to be the theme, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the A10 is uh, it looks epic, I, and I like how you put it, the the sort of the traditional eyes and the the toothed smile on the yeah. front as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. He did the shark face on it. Yeah, he did yeah. an excellent job. It, it's really well done. Um, you know, so there will be different options, and we'll have different graphics coming out. Uh, Andy over at Cozy Dice uh, Bags is making a test print of a backpack with the logo on it. I'm hoping to have that soon. So, you know, by the time we do Little Wars, we have some of that, you know, as an example. Um, so outside cool. of the, that. Um, she, she's she's in the U.K., yeah? Yeah, she's in the U.K. So yeah, I'll probably yeah. have to have her send one to Gaz. Uh, so, Bill, does that mean you're giving up your Door of the Explorer backpack? Yes, it is. Finally going to retire uh-huh. the door of the Explorer. <laughs> Smart ass. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, part one of the video for Ultra Combat Modern Playthrough is going out Sunday today. Today, today. So part one, um, it's about 40, 45 minutes long, if I remember correctly. The whole video is about an hour 50, but I'm going to edit down the next part. The first part, was a lot. there was only a few spots where I could edit it down to save some time. Uh, hopefully, in the next portion, we'll get it edited down, and that video will probably be roughly an hour, uh, maybe a little less, 50 minutes to an hour. So it'll be two parts. And I Good. just want to say, and Mar- this will be pointed out in the video, Marty cheated. So... <laughs> I, I didn't cheat. We just perhaps didn't use all the rules. Well, you know, when um, Dan rolls two ones for uh, his fire mission against you and you go, oh, geez, now I got to roll for whatever it was, the damage, and you just got pinned or whatever it is. No, ones are automatic, you know, combat infective, and somehow you survived it like five times. So You guys, you know you're forgetting the important thing about that statement. Um, and that's yeah. uh, what Gunnery Sergeant Hartman said. <laughs> <laughs> that he adapted. He overcame. He did not right. cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. Heartbreak Ridge. You know, come on, people. Yeah. Oh, another, another historical film. Movie, so <laughs> historically accurate, you could write papers off of the, that movie. There you go, Jim. I, Just for you, buddy. I, I I believe the phrase that we used when I was in the army was, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. (laughs) (laughs) Or passing in the army. (laughs) All right. So, you know, spoiler alert, he did murder that guy. Yeah, eventually. (laughs) It took him longer. (laughs) 
So I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Um, you know, like I said, part two will be coming out. I don't know exactly when. I got to finish editing it up. You know, there's I put in some special effects. I'm just letting you all know that now. So it's taking a little longer than a normal edit. So I would like to try and get it out this Wednesday if possible. But if not, it'll probably go out next weekend to be is, all fair. Is so, it my guy screaming medic for 10 minutes? Uh, there might be a medic call in there. <laughs> You might hear medic. <laughs> Just saying. Because he needs it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. You know what time it is. It's, oh, dear God. It's that special time. Here we go. It's news time with Gaz. Give me the latest and greatest news. Oh boy, oh boy, it's news time with Gaz. Come on, give it to me. Give me the news. Yeah. I, feel I think so- I'm. It's, it's having less impact on me the more I hear it. <laughs> so that's a good thing. I'm, I don't come out of this trauma as hard at the end of each session. So he's not. Uh, so yeah. It brings joy to my heart every time I hear it, though. <laughs> So, um, yeah, what we got going on this week uh, as a a sort of a general overview. Uh, I wanted to kick off because we uh, had some guests on our last show Mm -hmm. and they're coming into their final week of their Kickstarter. So if you're on Facebook, uh, Bob Mac 3D, otherwise on Kickstarter, it's listed as the 3D principal U.S. vehicles of the Vietnam War. Uh, This is uh, some good friends of ours are running a Kickstarter with a number of of stunning looking vehicles, I might say, available in STL files. Um, the team is, uh, for those that want to know and those that might already know the names, uh, Brad Sanders and Bob McKenzie. Bill, you're a big fan of these yes. two uh, mm-hmm. gentlemen, aren't you? Yeah. As are we all. And, um, yeah, we're looking at some a lovely sort of range of vehicles um, for the U.S. forces during that period. Um, they're doing really well, to be fair. They're easily funded. They're at four times their funding goal. But there's uh, a couple of scratch goals that I know some of the team members want. Namely, I think the Sheridan, was it? Nice. Is uh, a personal favorite that we uh, we want to see the guys reach. Um, but, yeah, they're doing okay. You know, they're ticking along nicely. This is their first Kickstarter. But every example, everything they've shown are printed miniatures. Um, they've done it. They've tested it. They've run it. They've given options for stowage. The detail on the, the sculpts is stunning. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting these files ourselves, aren't we, team, and uh, getting some prints on. Yeah, they're yeah, really if you're, good. If this, is, if this is your era, you whew, jump on this one. They are some amazing sculpts. Yeah. Yeah, they're really nice. And I like that you have the plain hull and then you have stowage options. So, um, and, you know, and they can be printed on both resin printers and FDM printers. So, um, I'm interested to see, you know, it, it just means I need a bigger, uh, resin printer so I can print those up. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you can print the stowage by itself right. so you can do it any way you, you know, put it on your vehicles or pile it up on the ground as a cache or whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. So yeah, it's really, so, uh, I think really they got nice what, about a week left gas ish, something like that. I yeah. Think. I think it, when this goes out, yeah, it'll be about yeah. seven, seven, eight days yeah. left. Um, up to yet, they've got the M113 VADs unlocked, the up-armored M113, the M132 armored flamethrower, the Okinawan gun shield and minigun. <laughs> That's nice. a favorite. Um, the uh, <laughs> M106 mortar carrier, 
Um, as we said, the extra stowage, which has all sorts of bits and pieces in it, from barbed wire to ammo cans, smoke grenades, kit bags, jerry cans. You know, even for a lot of modern systems mm-hmm. in that period, these will be ideal. Yeah. And um, for those of you that want to check out the files, if you um, wish to sort of try before you buy, there's a free sample file of a 106mm recoilless gun. So um, if you want to see what it actually is all about and you've got a printer at home, that'll be an option for you to do. There you go, guys. That's a, Check it out. All right, what's our next uh, item for today? Next one's going a little further into the past, so to speak. Uh, Test of Honor, second edition. So pushing back uh, into this era, uh, this is um, an era that I really like uh, around the uh, sort of the samurai and the, the, the bringing together of all the different clans and such. And, um, yeah, they've added a new unit, the Ashigaru with uh, Ozutsu, I want to say it's pronounced as. It's basically a large hand cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it kind of brings some real punch to the battlefield. It's got a shorter range than the muskets, but it does dish out considerably more damage. And uh, it's another. it's a three-model team. Uh, it's another new set to add to the forces, and I really like how, although sort of Test of Honor almost sort of bit the dust at one point, yeah, uh, it's had a resurgence, and not only is it is it still going strong, but there's there's new units and such coming out for it uh, on a semi-regular basis. So it's great to see the guys bringing something new to the table, something with a lot of punch, and uh, this one's got some flavor to it in the traits that you can upgrade it with. It's got a couple of traits. Uh, it can have smoke clouds, and that's where they've been putting in powder that brings more smoke, which gives them a screen once it's been fired. So it gives them some uh, sort of protection visually. And uh, too much gunpowder, where, uh, yeah, they really want to put the damage down, and they've they've packed it to, to its brim before letting go with a salvo. But, uh, yeah, that can take out your own guys at the same time. Wow. Well, that's it's cool that to see its yeah. uh, resurgence um, because, believe it or not, I have the initial pre-order box set from Warlord, and I have yet to open it other than one set. Because I opened it, I looked Shocker. at the minis, and I went, holy crap, there are a lot of parts. You know? So it's that's what kind of put me off from it is that the minis have a lot of parts to them. Um, you know? So, but, yeah, I do have it. And I, I'm a part of the, the Facebook page, and it does, definitely has a you know big fan following. So that's good to hear. Awesome. And they're and they're good looking sculpts, and you're not kidding, Gas. That is a handheld cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're you know, huge. It's not a wick, it's a rope out the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a monster. I don't fancy tucking that into my in fact, I, you two like your uh, firearms. How about picking one of them up and let's have a go down the range with it? Uh, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Only if Marty holds yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. the the problem isn't picking one up these days. Uh, you know, over here the problem is uh, gunpowder. Trying to get enough gunpowder right. to fire that thing. Yeah, we can't get freaking bullets, man. <laughs> so, oh no, it's not bullet. That's cannonball. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we can't get any enough. kind of ammo. So, I mean, I think I went to a uh, store yesterday, and all they had was some twenty-two, and that was it. So, I'm surprised they had that. Right. That's all right. Ball bearings will do. <laughs> but you got to have the powder to yeah, shoot right. it, and you can't even get powder. So, 
because I was thinking about doing some reloads, you know, and we can't even get the parts to reload. So, oh, well. All right. What's next? Moving on. Moving on. Uh, coming to a favorite of mine, which is Flames of War, the German Bagration book. <laughs> Is now kicking around on the Warlord site. Uh, Warlord site. Wow. <laughs> Getting my companies mixed up there <laughs> on the Battlefront Miniatures site. Um, this is the third German book for the Late War series. Um, having already seen the D Day Germans and the Waffen SS, um, it's nice to see them continue into the Bagration series. Uh, this is sort of straight after, or the last release for this set of era was the Soviet book. Um, which gives them a nice force now to engage, mm-hmm. um, get some real nice T-34s versus uh, Panzer fours and such. Uh, it gives lots of details on the new formations that are available for fighting in that theater. Um, it does cover pretty much from the Eastern Front, uh, including options to fight from Finland in the north to Romania and Hungary in the south. Uh, and the era is from sort of January 44 to January 45. Uh, I'll throw you over to our historical editor. Thanks, Jim. And uh, back to it. So these books are always great quality, uh, a solid product. <laughs> and they contain a nice mix of history and sort of game-related details as well. Um, but in a 15mm, you know, when it comes to World War II, Flames of War have had this sort of buttoned up for a while now. We know what we're going to get. We know it's good quality. And it's just whether you like how it plays or not. That's awesome. Nice, nice segue there, Gaz. Should should I just say long story short and then mumble incoherently for like 10 minutes to simulate Jim? No, no, no. Don't do that. Take your shot now. Um, (laughs) More than one way, it seems. Jim will be listening to this swearing and come back with daggers down the microphone. (laughs) But that would have been where I would have kicked it across to Jim uh, because he would have been able to tell us a lot more than all of us combined know (laughs) about what happened through Finland, Romania, and Hungary uh, during 44, 45. Uh, I could see this getting some additional books in relation to the almost the supporting elements, Uh maybe an allied book um, to sort of start to flesh it out and uh, see what other other nations are brought into the combat in that area. It'll be uh, interesting. Something we'll keep an eye on. Very cool. All right. I think you got, what, one more piece for us today? Well, I have now. You shut down our logo <laughs> set earlier. We can it's talk almost, about it again. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. <laughs> it is. It is gorgeous. And uh, Jim, Jim Riskini Designs did a great job on that. But, uh, yeah, Bill's, Bill's already milked that cow dry, haven't he? <laughs> <laughs> So, Futsal Miniatures and Games, uh, along with the Warhouse team, uh, are bringing the third Baron's War Kickstarter. Uh, this is going to cover the conflict of the Magna Carta, uh, 1215 to 1217. You guys won't know about that. You didn't even exist. Like, yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this is a medieval miniatures range, uh, 28 millimeter, and the models are lovely. Um, they're consistent. They've done a whole heap of stuff already for a number of uh, medieval periods, uh, including this one. And the character that they've got into their miniature range is, is just excellent. Um, this, latest one's na- this latest one's named Death and Taxes, which is quite funny, uh, in relation to the actual Magna Carta conflict. Um, it's going to Kickstarter. Uh, that's generally how they do their 
that runs each time. Uh, I think it's just a good way for a lot of companies to not overinvest because they know the numbers, they know what they need to do. These guys have already done a couple, so you know they know what they're doing. They've got the process. Where they're stepping it up now with their latest ones are um, with each Kickstarter, you get the new rules, you get the miniatures, and in this one, they've tied in with the Lion Tower miniatures team to do some terrain options. So you get like uh, some village buildings, Palisade. So there's some options within this Kickstarter that's bringing you to the point where you can go to, put your money in, get uh, miniatures, the scenery, and the rules, and pretty much be set to go on your table. Nice. Excellent. I mean, is that appealing? Would you say that's more appealing to you guys, to, to be able to buy in to furnish everything in a single hit um i would say for me personally yes yeah yeah i i agree i mean that's you know it it may not be something that everyone wants to do depending on you know are you already into into that do you have a bunch of stuff but if you don't and you're trying to get into it or if you only have a little bit and you're trying to flesh it out that's a great way of doing it in one fell swoop right yeah so you know that's that's pretty awesome. Um, so we'll and see how it goes. Yeah, amazing miniatures. Yeah, yeah they, I, I like all the colors and the um, you know the knights, the mounted knights, and you know all that good stuff. So you yeah, know. the heraldry and the barding on the horses. And yeah, yeah, it, it is really a vibrant sort of period with lots of lots of freehand potential or really good transfers and such that you can put on a lot of stuff now. Exactly. You know what it yeah. reminds me of, Gaz? It, it it reminds me of Monty Python. Okay, yeah. Um, I was actually <laughs> I was actually looking at um, some STL files today that are literally. The Monty Python knight with nice. the guy with the uh, coconuts <laughs> behind him, clacking them together. <laughs> so, so they are out there. They are out there. They're at Highland Miniatures on uh, Patreon. Awesome. Um, who also you can pick up through um, oh, what's it called? My Mini Factory. Um, so they oh, do. Yeah. They do the STL files. You can buy direct through them through Patreon, or you can go onto My Mini Factory, and on there, then you're able to get the model rather than, or the miniature rather than have to print it yourself. That so a few awesome. companies are doing that now. In fact, guys, there's one for you with the news. If you're interested in anything, sort of random models from historical to wild and wonderful, um, head over to My Mini Factory and uh, see what's kicking around on there. It's... Um, it's pretty amazing, to be fair. I'm not sure where it caters to in postage and delivery, but um, there's STL files there that you can buy, and there is a lot of stuff that you can purchase, and the model can be sent uh, to you that way. Very cool. I dare anybody out there to print up and paint the Monty Python and put them on a Baron's War Table. That would be awesome. <laughs> and send us a picture, and we'll send you a prize. I'm not sure the Black Knight would do very well. Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. Do they have the one where he's armless? You've got to do like four versions of the Black Knight, though. So every time (laughs) he loses something. Every wound lost is a a limb missing. Oh, God. That is awesome. Get this magnet. Uh, So as we transition from the news, I don't have an outro for you, Gaz. I'm going to have to work on that. Um it is I time. Wish didn't have an intro. Sorry. 
I've already got some ideas. I'll send it over later, Bill. Oh, excellent. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys so. get too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> topic time. It's story time. Gaz, you had a topic for this week. Hit us. Yeah, I um, every week we're coming up with sort of a topic to bring to discussion. Um, mine this week is uh, what board games could we make to tabletop war games and should we? Uh, this no. is something that's um, – I've been thinking about this one for a long time. I do have like a, you know, a, a retirement project if I ever reach that in the oh. back of my head, and that's to bring Escape from Coldix, yeah, the board game, yeah. and make it as a miniatures table. Oh, that'd be cool, actually. Okay, you want me on that uh, one. That would actually be yeah, cool. That yeah, that would be Yeah, I uh, put the car in there. I know somebody's done it already, as in they at least did the German uh, models and the characters as infantry. Mm. I'm not sure if they went as far as doing sort of a an open-top castle to, to, to be called it's itself. Uh-huh. But, the mo- yeah, the more, I, the more I think about how the board and the size of the board... I think it can easily be rescaled to have a miniature fit in the the relevant movement areas. And and every part of it, I think, could potentially be done that way. Uh, So saying, I did drop it to Paul Deeming at WoW Buildings in a message Uh uh, at one point. And he said, (laughs) that might already be be on the cards in the future. So I'm going to be keeping a sharp watch out for that. Um, And yeah, I I just love the idea of that. Um, being played out as a miniatures game. I mean, whether you change the rules or not wouldn't really matter, I don't think. I Mm -hmm. think you could do it either way. You could literally pick up the board game, just make it 3D and play the game, or you could bring in some different rule systems to to bring it into a scenario or maybe a, a sort of a campaign instead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely one board game I'd like to see transition into a tabletop miniatures game. That is an excellent idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I love that game. Uh, I bought the re issue. So I, I really enjoy that game. We've played that several times. So no, that's an excellent. I never even would have thought that that's an excellent idea. Um, I don't know. Does anybody else have another board game? They'd like to see turned into a miniatures game. I can't. Think. It's a tough one without really thinking, yeah. you know, thinking back and looking looking again. Um, the the, the first thing that comes to mind for me isn't isn't a military war game though. Okay. You know, and it and it and it's something that's near and dear to uh uh Dawn's heart and that would be uh the Harry Potter miniatures game because it the miniature game is a board game. Yeah. But don't but. they have miniature rules for it though? Mm, no, not real. I mean, they've got the the rules for the for the table, right? But they're they're kind of you could make those freeform pretty easy, I think, and uh, be able to uh, uh, you know uh, adapt that to the uh, to a, a miniature table. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But you know, the only thing about that is is that Gaz isn't here to finish painting them all. So you know. That's, that's you know we're safe on that one for a while. <laughs> they are still sitting there primed, Gad. Let's put this way: there I did still, the faces at least. On the there couches. are still the ones that Gaz was working on that are primed. They're still sitting there, and then she still has about fifty boxes of stuff still in the box in the wrap. So you know, yeah, and that's probably a conservative estimate. So yeah, I, she keeps looking at me, going, "When are you going to paint those?" And I'm like, "Well, 
uh, get to them sooner or later. So, yeah, no, that's a good idea. So, yeah. I mean, is there any sort of strategy games or sort of large-level planning games that would even become a campaign rather than a necessarily a tabletop game so you could use Flames of War for? I mean, we've talked in the past about, you know, the Pacific, for example, and uh-huh. doing the ships off the coast, bringing in artillery fire that are off board, but the actual landings, but a sm- much smaller scales, the six mils and the uh, the GHQ site models. Um, you know, the only thing that comes to mind is like Axis and Allies, but they used to have miniatures. Um, right. You know, as far as a strategy board game, you know, unless you get into like hex and counter games, um, you know, then you got a whole plethora of uh, games that you could do. You know, you got War in the Pacific and, you know, and people have done miniature versions of like Panzer Blitz and Panzer Leader and that kind of stuff. So, you know, but from a purely board game, I, you know, I really can't think of anything outside of the ones we just mentioned. So, but I think your coldest one is probably a really good one. That is, that I would love to see the castle. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one that needs to happen. Yeah, that yeah. definitely does. It's one of them where you want the walls, but you don't want the roof because you'd never be able, you'd never be able to play inside it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be really cool. I, I think that'd be awesome. Awesome, very good topic. Excellent. So, guys out there, uh, if you have ideas, what you know you would think would be an excellent transition from a board game to a miniatures-based game, put in the comments below. You know, let's hear your ideas. We'd really like to see your input um, because we might yeah. steal it and build it. So, you know, we're, we're not above thievery. So, uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we will merely help you bring your ideas to life. Oh, we will love that. We will overcome. I just keep saying it. It works for everything. <laughs> works for everything. <laughs> All righty then. Okay. We're transitioning to the, uh, 1800s of the American nation, a time of rift, brother against brother, the American Civil War. So, like I said, I received a box from Warlord with the uh, Epic Battles American Civil War, uh, the pre-order bundle. Uh, I have not opened it yet. Um, I, I, I am. I'm saving it for our friends and family and our audience so we can do an on-screen unboxing and discussion um you know i've been stuff them you can open it twice <laughs> yeah right <laughs> tell them gas uh, uh, you call yourself a so um but i've been yeah i mean come on billy or uh, marty can help you because he used to unwrap all of his christmas gifts rewrap them <laughs> that's true <laughs> i'm an expert <laughs> So, um, you know, I've been watching other people's unboxing videos, and, and they're good, uh, but I think we can do better. I think we can spice it up a little bit, make it a little saucy. Um, but what I've noticed, and this is kind of where my topic goes, is where do we go from the, you know, I think they're on wave three already, and the freaking game already came out. Um, you know, so when you look at the initial sprues, they're all identical, you know. Um, you get, well, I think, 10, 20 sprues of each side, and they're essentially identical. Um, how do we, you know, and when you put them all online, after a while, your eye, there isn't a lot of variety, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of all meshes together. And granted, you know, it is an army versus army, but if you are a student of that time period, 
there was so much variation in uniforms and colors and equipment that it doesn't look identical. Um, you know, in the beginning of the Civil War, the Union Army did not have the equipment it needed, so you had people from all over the north part of the country making uniforms and, you know, whatever rifles they can get. So you have different colors, you have different styles of uniforms. Uh, certain battalions were sponsored by rich families or governments, you know, state governments. So their equipment was different than, you know, other states or other regiments or battalions. So, and then the Southern, you know, for a lot of it, you had hodgepodge uniforms and people were bringing their hunt rifles, you know, to combat. So um, from that aspect, I would like to see more variety. Now, you know, technically you could paint a little bit. If you want to get crazy, you could green stuff stuff. I ain't doing that. I'm telling you right now. This is what, 12, what they call 12 millimeter, which is really 15, I think. So, And that's a lot of green stuff. Right? If you were to, to, exactly. to go the so, conversion I mean, route. The easy way is you paint up, you know, your union guys with, you know, the, the union blue and the lighter blues. And you can do different washes to give them different tonality and do a little bit of, you know, detail work here and there. Um, but then the question becomes, how do we variate on those? And one of the answers I came up with is I backed, believe it or not, I backed a Kickstarter uh, of some American Civil War guys. I think they're in 15 mil, um, you know, STL files. And so I'm going to make sure that I can scale them so they're roughly within the same and mix those in with these guys so we get some variety you know and i know that warlord's gonna probably put out variety you know when they come out with different sculpts um i think right now what is what's the third wave is it the zoevs and um, uh no i think i want to say that's the second that oh there second is wave? there's dismounted cavalry come yes. in the skirmishers come in yeah um so there's there's a couple of sets that have already sort of been announced i think the Zoa i want to say the zoevs were the second, second wave? wave okay yeah yeah you're probably right Cass. Um, so I just want to, you know, because visual, I'm a visual gamer. Um, I'm all about how does it look when you're down in the board, you know, you know, trees and fence and grass and all that. So I, I like the visual aspect. Um, so, you know, so I want it to be visually pleasing or, you know, gets the, the soul stirring, if you will. Um, you know, and then I have two books that are excellent resource books. Uh, for the American Civil War that have, like, full-colored maps, illustrated maps that are illustrated from almost the point of view of a bird uh, overlooking a battlefield, and each individual soldier is individually, you know, it's not like just maps with figures, uh, you know, like the uh, war maps, but it's actually illustrated with actual men, and and it really brings you in, and it's an excellent reference. Um can't remember who writes them though I, I, i'll put the link in below i have to go pull them out of my library but they're excellent books um because you know we, i want to build a battlefield that we can do uh these games on so that'll be coming as well um but you know where do you go from here and i'm talking where does warlord take epic battles outside of the american civil war where do you think they should go next what is a it was a good i mean a lot of people are saying Napoleonics. I mean, I think that's a pretty much a given, right? You know, uh, it would easily translate to Napoleonics. So let's take Civil War and Napoleonics out of it. Where do you think Epic Battles, because it's a mass battle game, what would you think would be the next best avenue for them to go with it? Let us know in the comments. And, guys, if you have any suggestions, you know, Gaz or Marty or Chris, you know, where would you like to see them take Epic Battles next? 
I'd like to take him to the Zulu Wars. Yes, there you go. Yeah, I was. I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking Works Drift kind of deal. Yeah, the Alamo. Works Drift. You are yeah. so on it. Oh, the Alamo would be a good one. Oh, yeah. We have the, I've got, believe it or not, I backed the Alamo STL files. So not only do we so have the 28 have millimeter. two Alamos. So we have the 28 millimeter Alamo from Sarissa Precision. I backed that Kickstarter. I backed the second Kickstarter, which is the STL files, which we can do in 15 mil. Right. Yeah. So. I think. Those two sort of be your, your go-tos outside of Napoleonic straight away. Right? I, I tell you what, I, um, on my personal Facebook page, I had reposted some pictures from two years ago. Was it two years ago, Gaz, when we did Rourke's Drift at, yeah. in Ireland? It must have been more than that now, actually, yeah. I think it was two three, years ago, yeah. buddy. Two or three years ago now, uh, where we were last in Ireland. I think it's the last time you and I was, no, it's had two years ago. It was two years ago. Uh, I think that was the last time uh, we saw you. Was uh, um, no, yeah, he came over no. for Thanksgiving. That was, was Thanksgiving I came over that year? after that. Okay, all right. Well, anyways, so we did Rourke's Drift in 28 mil, and it was an amazing day. Uh, it was an amazing yeah. day, but I would love to see that in 15 mil. That would be awesome, or Islain Wana. That would be good too. Yeah, I think it opens up your options and to, yeah. to not only play on this table that's fairly compact uh, for the for the traditional sort of Zulu film, but also to to look at Zulu Dawn where the, 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 we got slaughtered. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's yeah, there's a lot more. In fact, even the the tribal wars themselves, mm-hmm. as um, the likes of you know, as they sort of absorbed and conquered other tribes, you, you could literally open it up so much more. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to get crazy, you could do like uh, Little Bighorn, you know, Custer's Last mm-hmm. Stand. Um, could could you, you could probably do that. Yeah. You could do Thermopylae. Um, you know. Ooh, Ooh yeah, yeah. You'd have a lot, cool. lot to add, yeah. So yeah. that opens I, I, up a I, I, large it, Persian army, definitely. Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah. it, it opens up. And the way to win that one is have arm, uh, have Marty play the Persians. In fact, yeah. as soon as you touch on sort of Greece or Rome, I mean, Rome's kind of done to death at most scales, but uh, the Greeks are up to a point. But the interstate wars of Greece, you know, they each. Each well, I say each nation, um, each state. They were pretty unique in how they looked as a force, mm-hmm. uh, with the possible exception of the Athenians, who generally used a lot of mercenary troops. So yeah, when you, obviously we know the Spartans visually and and some of the others, um, but to to sort of branch out into the various states, I, I imagine we'd find quite a kaleidoscope of hot lights. Yeah, that would be awesome. So. There is still many, many avenues, and there's probably a ton more that people are out there shouting, hey, how about this? Um, so, I mean, it's nice that, you know, for mass battles that you have this as an option. So uh, look for our unboxing slash review when I actually open it, and we'll do it live. Uh-huh. And put your put your comments uh, uh, below and yeah. uh, let us know what you think uh, exactly. where Epic Battles should go next. Exactly. All right, Marty, we're going to transition over to your topic there, my friend. All right. Well, as you know, uh, you know, uh, I do a fair amount of terrain. And one of the things that I've been thinking about uh, as I start to uh, do a little planning for a future project is, you know, when when is it uh, most appropriate to scratch build some stuff, 
versus just buying some stuff Mm -hmm. and then throwing in the mix, which is kind of a combination of both the 3d print something as well. If you have access to uh, a 3d printer, Mm -hmm. you know, because you know, uh, I think sometimes, you know, if you scratch build it, you have full control. Right. You, you, you can make it look exactly the way you want, you know, given your, your skill set and supplies and da 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 da. You know, so that's kind of nice. Additionally, if you're scratch building it, uh, it's at, at your pace. So if it's something that you need right now, you know, versus buying it and then maybe having to wait for it to arrive, then assemble paint, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, that that may be a faster process for you. Right. Unless, of course, you're me, which takes, you know, six weeks to build five little foam <laughs> houses. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, if you, uh, you know, let, like, let's say you were going to buy uh, uh, some MDF terrain, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you can make the purchase. It has to arrive there. So, you know, like I'm in the U.S., so if I'm buying from, uh, say Blacklight Studios, that's one thing to get that shipped up from Texas. But if I'm buying from Sarissa and it's got to come from the UK, that could be a much longer process. Right. You know, so depending on, you know, my time frame that I have, if I perhaps fail to appropriately plan and went, oh crap, I really want this building from Sarissa, it, you know, the, they'll fulfill the order quickly, but then we're at the mercy of, of uh, you know, however it's being delivered to you know, to us how long that takes. And then there's 3D printing. I mean, 3D printing is pretty much on demand, unless, of course, I'm waiting for Chris to 3D print something (laughs) for me. Wow. (laughs) Man. I'm sorry. You had a 3D printer there, Marty. I don't have a resin 3D printer. You never said something had to be resin. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Try to warn your way out of it. You still ain't printed me shit, Mister. I, I haven't printed you shit. The first thing I printed was for you, dickhead. Yeah, and you haven't printed shit since. Yeah. Why was you printing shit? Uh, I, I placed my order, <laughs> and perhaps I'm doing a pigsty. You don't know what my what train I'm doing, Cass. <laughs> maybe maybe I, I need know. shit. <laughs> scale. Right. Anyway, moving on. No, but uh, uh, like, uh, so one of the projects I'm doing, you know, I talked about this a little bit last time is that, uh, you know, a friend of mine was in a, uh, uh, a pitch battle in Afghanistan and he wants to do, uh, a kind of a display board uh-huh. kind of deal, uh-huh. you know, not quite diorama cause we want to be able to play on it, uh-huh. but, uh, but a high quality table and I'm doing the math on that and I'm like, okay, uh, I figured out you know, how big it needs to be. And, and, you know, I think I've got the basic terrain features figured out. Mm-hmm. And now it's, do I want to build all of that? Or do I need to buy some? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, or like our one day build that we want to do. Yeah. You know, how many trees are we going to need for that? A lot. A lot. Yeah. So, you know, do, do you want to build all those trees? Probably not. But then I've been looking around and I'm like, I don't know that I see any trees I really like. <laughs> So it's going to have to be maybe not scratch build, but, you know, buy something. And well, then the nice it. thing about, you know, in this case for that board, uh, it's winter. So we want a lot of bear trees and fir trees. Right. Um, so yeah. for the bear, we can just go to nature and get trees. You know, you know, I have a ton of branches and stuff in my yard that we can prune and make little trees with happy little trees. Right, guys. Happy little trees. 
Um, so let me see if I got this right. You want me to do your spring cleanup, <laughs> and you're going to call it a, a, a hobby project. Works for me. <laughs> I see where this is going. But no, I mean, doesn't that make sense? I wasn't born you yesterday. Can, you know, and she's I mean, got two dogs, have, so you'll get real scale shit as well. We literally have <laughs> one to one. <laughs> you know, we literally have an unlimited supply of you know small branches and stuff that that we can use as the trees for this board. You know the the you know um, yeah. So you know, and then you know what? Then from there, we just need to get fir trees, conifers, whatever hell you want to call them, evergreens, and uh, go right. from there. So. I think that might be the solution we go, and it's cost savings too. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, and that's something else to to throw in the in the mix is uh, you know uh, obviously the more work that has been done uh, by somebody else, the more you're going to pay for it. So right. like MDF terrain, while it's not horribly priced, it's probably going to be more expensive than me scratch building something out of uh, say foam or cork. Right, but They've already done all the work. They've done all the design stuff. I just need to assemble it and and paint it. Correct. So I mean, that's that's worth somebody's time. That's obviously something to Correct. Uh, consider. You know, same. Uh, you know, STL files. You know, for three D printing. Uh, while you can find a lot of free stuff, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. You can go on Thingiverse and whatnot uh, and find some free ones. Generally speaking, if you. Uh, are looking for for a specific item and you want it to be you know the good quality item you're probably going to pay for it whether it's through a patreon or through another uh uh website mm-hmm. uh, particularly my mini factory uh, i like uh thingiverse has some <laughs> that you can buy as well but i but i really think i find more on my mini factory as we well as there's sponsored by my mini factory. people that just sell stuff off of right. uh, their own web page and yep. whatnot you know, uh, and the and of course the many kickstarters. <laughs> exactly the many kickstarters. Um, but you know the nice thing about three D printing is the initial cost, entry cost is low, but the time cost is high because yeah. you know when you're looking at some of the buildings, like I'm looking at uh, the water mill that I printed from printable scenery and the small uh, house from printable scenery which I printed on an FDM printer, the the water bill I want to say took me 70 hours to print. If that, maybe more, it was, you know, it's a long time and then you have to paint it and you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong in there, but yeah. However, truth be told now that resin printers are getting much faster, much faster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can get an, a decent build volume on a resin printer, you're reducing those tens of hours to you know a much lower number so um yeah i mean it, it depends on what you want and what how, what look you're going for you know um i mean just so everybody out there is aware all the buildings that you will see in our ultra combat modern video marty built so and he built those with foam core yeah. yes and cardboard yeah so yes and, and they look amazing built from foam yeah i mean the the, the corrugated roofs look amazing um you know but you said how long did it take you to build those uh work working for a couple hours a couple nights a week uh about five weeks in total so roughly hour wise so i didn't uh you know and and it's not like i did one building uh a week kind of thing i mean that's what it averages out to but 
you know, I was batch building them. So I built all the walls. Yeah. And then I built all the roofs, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, once it was all, everything was all painted up, I went back and did all of the, the detail work, putting in, you know, flock and grass and plants and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, they look really I think good, another so. part of this, uh, another part of this uh, in relation to time management versus production is, you know, what's your source material and have you done it before? Um, 3D printing, for example, if you're comfortable with it, or the files are pre-supported, if it's, you know, a complex shape like a tree, or if it's just put it on a printer and let it run for a few days of the week in mm-hmm. the background, your time investment at the beginning and end is is fairly low. Um, buying it already to go pre-coloured is obviously going to be the best way, but only if you see what you want. Yeah. And to scratch build, again, is coming back to... I mean, Marty, have you got the Terrain Essentials book by Mel Bosch yet? I have not. I've... Uh, uh, I know it's the, something we're chatting one, about. There's one place locally that had it and Amazon's it sold got out it. before I got to it. No, is it Amazon on Amazon? Is available. Yeah, it's on Amazon now. Yeah. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that they were doing Amazon sales. Yeah, I got a Kickstarter back oh. book. Surprise. But no, you know, we know Mel and, you know, so I mean, we had an in. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, using that as a guide or and his yes. videos or cut down the time for, you know, learning your learning process and your learning curve due to having having the information yeah. to hand. So, yeah, well, I am a terrainian. I do follow him on uh, uh, on, the, <laughs> yeah. on the YouTube. I've watched Facebook many a well. video. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and and I just you know, I just like Mel. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, uh, for anybody out there who does not know about the Terrain Essentials, it was a book that he created with Dave. Uh, Dave's gonna Dave Taylor. Taylor. Um, Taylor. Dave yep. Taylor. And I don't know if you guys know, Gaz. I don't know if you saw this announcement. Dave Taylor has a third book uh, that he'll be announcing soon. Um, so you had his book, okay. uh, Armies in Miniature, and then Terrain Essentials. Yep. And now there's going to be a third book um, that I don't know who he's working with on this one, but uh, he'll be announcing that shortly. So guys, be a lookout for that. Did, Go ahead. Did they do Legions and Hordes as well? Oh, I'm sorry. That's the name of the Is book. That... Yeah, that's the name of the book. Legions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have that book too. So, um, so be on the lookout for that. But for anybody out there who's really into making your own terrain or building boards and stuff, definitely pick up Terrain Essentials. Um, and you will get a lot of information there. It's a good resource. Even if you're an experienced terrain builder, there's always good stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's really geared uh, towards, I'd say, uh, a nov- novice, wouldn't you say, Gaz? Somebody yeah, just I think novice uh, done a few things. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's waterfalls in there, for example, which is definitely beyond, as a starting point, it's definitely beyond novice. Yeah. Um, the other place to check out is obviously YouTube. He's called The Terrain Tutor mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, and he has a Facebook page um, mm-hmm. with Terrainiacs, where guys use the methods and their own to create some crazy, amazing things, which I'm sure Marty sees very often as yeah. well. Right. The, what yeah, you can do the, with a Coke stuff, can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of the stuff those guys, I mean... You know, if you're if you're looking just for inspiration, you know, get just peruse through there, and uh, you know, you can search by, uh, you know, obviously what you know by topic or whatever. Yep. And uh, that there's just some awesome projects. Be like, oh, 
I never thought I could do that with a Pringles can. Yeah. yeah. So um, just so you guys know, when we do our one table, uh, one day table build, I will be uh, showing you how to do waterfalls and water effects. Um, because uh, there's a technique on how – because I, when I did the uh, water mill, um, I actually have water running off the b- blades uh, down. So, it you know, it looks like running water. So I'll show you guys how to do that. Um, so we're going to put a waterfall in there too? Well, yeah. Got to have a stream right. with a little waterfall. I, I knew we were going to do a river, but I didn't yeah. know that uh, you, you want to do a waterfall. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, yeah, is I, your – is your field going to be as in the how to put this? You're not using a mat for your board, no. obviously. You're going to be using, you know, some form of compressed foam, etc. Yes. To, yeah, I right. think that matters in that depending how detailed that is should dictate what level of detail your buildings are. Right. Because if your rock Good face point. is of simple cut, then a 3D printed building of high detail with each brick picked out might not look right in the setting yeah no that's a good point excellent point yeah yeah true that yeah that might look really out of place if you have this highly detailed buildings and then you know your place areas you know i hate to use the word generic or simple but you know it's not to the detail uh that yeah that's an excellent point so yeah. Well, there is one, one uh, difference on that, though, is um, you can have the buildings and the train look very basic because it is. And then, you know, the Chinook is going to be very detailed and modern. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for my Afghan one, yeah. <laughs> Stone Age and modern age. And, I mean, it, and, and should be here next week. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> I, I, yes, I ordered a 148th scale Chinook. Nice. <laughs> Bill, did you ever get that Blackhawk? <laughs> I, I, I may have also ordered an Apache. Oh, dear. <laughs> Hopefully he'll take more time on it than he did the A-10. Hey, now. I took, I took my time on the, the, well, sort of, on the A-10. I so on my A10, I gotta admit, I did go crazy because it comes with like three different uh, uh, ordnance loadouts. Uh-huh. Turns out, if if you space them just right, you can fit them all on there at the same Stop. time. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> Would it have lifted? Is it I'm not enough for you, to you get off the its takeoff weight. T- turns out, it makes it so heavy that I can't get the front end to lay down, be- even though I weighted it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> awesome. So, now, now, I gotta, um, now I gotta figure out a flight stand for it. So for the actual board for your this project, Marty, is this a mountainous terrain? Yeah, uh, it. Yes, it's uh, like foothill. It's not uh, not cliffs so much. Okay, uh, it's before you get get that far. Okay, but yeah, all of it is uh, is sloped uh, terrain. And is there gonna be like rock faces and stuff that have to be done? A little, a little bit. bit here and there. I mean, it, it it's really more. Uh, uh sandy rocky environment gotcha a uh, couple you know a couple outcroppings here and there but not like uh cliff faces or gotcha. anything okay cool all right well that uh pretty much wraps up everything uh this is a kind of an abbreviated show we're um uh, you know a short show today um unless so the whole show is long things. story short yeah we don't, have, we don't have a historical editor to keep us on the straight and narrow. 
So, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're making fun in his absence, but we love you, Jim. Um, that's true. We do. You know, he, he's what keeps us legit. So, you know, otherwise we'd be just a bunch of goofballs, you know, talking stupid stuff. So, what's that? <laughs> I didn't learn anything historical today. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we always learn when Jim's around. That's right. That's right. Gonna learn. So, uh, guys, just a quick recap. Uh, today is the part one of the Ultra Combat Modern playthrough. Um, hope you guys enjoy that. Please make sure you um, comment on that. Share it with your friends. Um, you know, anybody that might be interested in that aspect. Um, we also have, uh, you know, a few other projects in the works. We're, we're going to be... I think uh, Marty and Chris and I are going to get together and film uh, or live stream. We, we'll have to figure it out. Uh, the design process, of what we want the table to look like, the one-day build table. Uh, so we'll do a live, you know, live stream of how we're going to design that, and then go. Forward. Yeah. So. That'll be good times. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, just a lot of other little things. Um, yeah, so you guys, you know, we're into spring. Uh, you know, hopefully it energizes some of you and and other things. And I think on the next show we're going to talk about the seasons and how it affects your gaming. Because I know in some places the warmer w- weather slows down gaming, and in other places it doesn't. So uh, that would be an interesting topic to talk about. So, Well, guys, and you- hopefully with the uh, COVID environment hopefully improving where folks are at. Yep. That will uh, increase the ability to get out and actually play in person. Exactly. That, that'll be nice. So we're going to actually get that. And remember, we'll be at Little Wars the end of April. Uh, watch for further announcements on that. And uh, remember, check out our merchandise, uh, the new shirts. They look pretty awesome. And on the back, you have the new logo. And on the front, you have the little team patch. It's uh, modeled after the 1st Special Services Brigade from World War II. So uh, take a look at that as well. All right, guys, uh, for Gaz, Chris, and Marty, this is Bill, and we want to thank you for joining us on this latest and greatest episode of the Sit Rep Podcast. Until we see you, have a great time gaming. We want you all to take care. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Sit Rep Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Remember to join us every other weekend for a new episode of the podcast. And don't forget our other programming on Wednesdays and Sundays. Thanks for listening. 